0: If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to the book of Philippians today as we examine what it means to be in partnership. We're going to be in Philippians chapter one. And uh, Paul writes this, this book to a church in a place called Philippi. And he knows them well, he's, he's familiar with their uh, love for him, and he obviously has a great love for them. And as we read these verses this morning, I want you to think about what it means for us to be in partnership with people in the gospel. Because we've been called to share the gospel around the world. Well, we're going to see today how we have a part in doing that here, there, and everywhere. You know, I mean, if you think about going around the world, it starts in Nashville, it goes out from Nashville into places like Smithville, Tennessee, and Los Angeles, California, and and we're excited to do that, Knoxville, Tennessee, and, and then to take it everywhere around the world. So let's read these few verses in Philippians chapter one, starting with verse three. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are partners with me in grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of good partnerships, several things came to mind this week. I I thought about the Wright brothers. I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to read the story of the Wright brothers and them being first in flight and what it took for them to be able to do that. I mean, what an incredible Partnership and I was traveling back when uh, from the North Carolina dunes over there by Kitty Hawk and was just thinking about them and downloaded the book. And, and, and just being able to hear that story is an incredible story of a great partnership. Maybe you think about some of the, the musical partnerships that took place, like Sonny and Cher, or maybe you think about Batman and Robin, or maybe you think about chocolate and peanut butter partnerships things that go together. And what makes a good partnership work is that the partnership reveals most often that the sum of the parts multiplied together equals something greater than what the person can bring on their own. I mean, that, that's, that's really an important thing. And, and when we try to, to think about what we do at Judson Baptist Church, particularly in missions, the idea of partnership is everything. And I think that's a biblical thing for us. God shows us that in the scripture, doesn't he? If you think about Moses going before the Lord and saying, I have these deficiencies. I feel like I can't speak. I don't don't feel like I'm going to be able to go before Pharaoh and do this. And the Lord says, it's okay. I've got your brother Aaron coming and you're going to lead, but Aaron is going to minister and he's going to be the mouthpiece before you as you go. When you think about them taking the land later on, you think about those two young men who were spies who came back and said, with the other twelve, uh, we believe this land is good. And there were ten that said no, but Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we need to go. And God allowed them in that partnership to go and fight together. And I love that verse, don't you? When Caleb is something like eighty years old, and he's like, I want to go take that that city over there. Give it to me. Let me take the land. I want to fight. They were working together in that. I often think about the partnership of Paul and Barnabas when they were going on mission trips together and serving the Lord as they spread the gospel out of the Jewish world into all of the Gentile world. We think about Peter and John being arrested together and and standing up, and I, I love it. I had a professor who one time said that Peter and John had something that some of us ought to have. They had the can't help it's. I can't help it. What do you mean? You remember when they were being interrogated, and they said, "We cannot help but speak about the things we have seen and heard." A lot of us need the can't help it to come out in our lives to be able to speak to people about the things we have seen and heard. That partnership for the gospel was important. At Judson Baptist and Global Focus, we believe that partnership is essential. It's essential because it's not only biblical for us, but it's practical for us. When we think about partnering with people, we ask people through our missions program to partner with us in three different levels. You could be level one, two, or three. A level one partnership is a partner that says, I need some financial support or some prayer support or both. So just can you help me stay on the field? Can you encourage me? Can you pray for me? Could you send me some funding to help me with this project? And that's all fine and well. We do that. The, the real sweet spot of Global Focus is the level two partnership where they say, we need funding, we need prayer, and we need you. We need people to come and support us and, and come and, and visit with us and minister alongside of us. Now, uh, in two weeks when we have our Global Impact Celebration We're bringing back our level two partners so that they can be with you and so that you can know them because we want you to be kind of bonded with them together in heart and spirit and mind so that when they have a call for you to come and serve, you go, oh man, I know that guy. I know that lady. That's awesome. We need to go serve there. We need to be on point and be on mission with them there. This year, we also have, for the first time in a long time, a Level 3 partnership. We don't get asked to do that very often. Level 3 partnership is where they ask us to come and sit down at the table and strategize with them about how to reach the world. The My Local Network of Churches is called the Free World Network. They've asked us to be a Level 3 partnership, and their goal is that by 2030 to have a church planted in every country in the world. And they said, how can we do that? And we said, well, we'll have to start praying about that together, won't we, and dreaming about that. Well, I want you to see from the scripture today how the best partnerships exist, because I think God's given us a great picture of it in these few verses. The first thing that Paul started with was actually the results of the partnership. I want you to see that uh, because Paul's in prison and for him, things really couldn't be much worse. I mean, he's in a dire situation. He's in a place where he doesn't have a lot of hope. He's hopeful that he can speak the gospel, but uh, he's being guarded by Roman soldiers. And and in this moment, he says about this church in verse three, I wanna read it again. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. When people think of you, what do they think about? Do they think of you in a positive light? Do they think of you in a negative light? Or or do they just not think of you? Paul says, every time I think of you, I'm thanking God for you. Always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. The result of the partnership that Paul had with this church at Philippi was something that caused some emotions to come out of his life, but it caused some actions to come out of his life too. Uh, The result of the partnership was not just that every time Paul thought about them, he had a warm, fuzzy feeling come over him, but he says, when I think of you, I thank God for you. Every time I think of you, I start praying for you guys and I thank God for you because of what you have meant to Now, you think about that. He's in a desperate situation. I mean, you you also might might think about it as like being out on an island. You know, I mean, he's really uh, kind of by himself there. But yet he wasn't. Because he knew that there was a church in Philippi that stood behind him. And as he sat under guard each day, his thoughts would drift back to this church. They had been in partnership. And he says that this partnership caused him to be thankful. You know, when I get excited is that when our Global Focus partners call me out of the blue and say, man, I just wanted to give you an update about what God is doing over here. This has been amazing. Thank you for your support, Judson Baptist. I'm so grateful that your church sent people on this trip. I'm so grateful that you guys provided this for us. This has made a life-changing difference in the ministry that we have. I want them, when they think about you, and they think about me, they think about us, to just be overwhelmed with Gratitude. But not just that, to be joyful that every time they should think about us, their hearts should be moved to joy and, and they should be praying for us. And And, and why shouldn't our, our partners be excited or why shouldn't they be grateful for us? Because we have been praying for them, right? I mean, just this month, surely you've been going through that prayer guide with us every day and praying for our partners and asking God to move over their lives in great ways. You've been asking them to meet needs. You've been asking, I'm sorry, you've been asking God to meet their needs. You've been asking God to open up avenues for the gospel to be proclaimed in their lives, and that's an important piece of what's going on here, and that goes two ways, because we're praying for them, and we know that they're praying for us. I love it when I get their prayer cards back. We just ended, or completed, I should say, a partnership for three years with some language translators with the Wycliffe Bible Translation Group, and I got the nicest note from them the other day. They just said, we wouldn't have made it these last three years in language school without Judson Baptist Church. You guys were the last piece that we needed to be able to get our funding to be able to go to language school. And today they are deployed in their country where they need to be, translating the scripture and helping the local church. That's because of you. But it's not just that I'm thankful for them and you're thankful for them, but they're thankful for us because we've been praying for them. We've been supporting them. Support looks like giving somebody a gift on our night of giving. I think about it all the time and you say, well, I mean, we do all these gifts and if you've been around here long enough, you know. In fact, I said this to our staff. If I could find a job where all I had to do was give away gifts to missionaries and fund them, I would quit here today and be gone. It's the most fun thing I get to do. If you've ever been at night of giving, how fun is that? Right? And you say, well, I mean, we're given, like, remember my example, we're giving uh, some kid like a, a bicycle or we're giving somebody a, a pair of shoes. Like, I mean, that's, that, that's just nice, but no, that might keep them on the field. That, that might encourage them to go back, to know that their needs are being met by a church who stands behind them, that their needs are, are being covered through God as He gives to us and then through us as we give to them. That, that's God's work. And so as you do this, it's important. But we're also not just prayerful for them and supporting them, but we're interested in them. I love seeing the little side conversations that will take place at our Global Impact Celebration as you get to know one another and as you come hear their stories. We ask you to come to a a partner night because, you, you know, it's great when people are interested in you, isn't it? Don't you like that? Don't you like it when somebody says to you, Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself instead of rambling on about themselves all the time. It's awesome, isn't it? When, when somebody stops and says, tell me about you because w- when they're giving of their time to hear that, they're, they're saying you are important to me. We do that. When I think about this last word that Paul says as he says, you guys were a joy to me. I think about how Judson Baptist should never be a burden to any of these partners we should be their best thoughts. That's the results of what partnership does. It it, it binds your heart together. But I want you to see the basis of the partnership. Look at verse five with me. Because in verse five, he says, your partnership was in the gospel from the first day until now. When we bring you a partnership at Judson, we bring it to you based and centered around the gospel. We're not just centered around a good idea. We're not just centered around good works. We're centered around the gospel. And that word partnership is often translated multiple different ways throughout the scripture. And I want to just give you some of them. The first word that you'll recognize as good Baptist is the word fellowship, right? You love it when we have a fellowship. But in this case, he's not talking about eating pie together, is he? I'm sure that that had happened, but there was fellowship around something. There's this idea of mutual association. There's this idea of sharing in something. And finally, this idea of participation. And we shouldn't confuse this with an award of participation like we often give people today. You know, thanks for showing up and breathing air. Here's a participation award. That's not what it is. You don't get an award for for partnership for that. It's not just about having a covered dish meal together. We're going to do some of that. But when it talks about a mutual association around something, a partnership means that we're doing something that's incredibly valuable for the missionary because we're sharing in this burden. When the Bible uses this term, it means being caught up into a communion created by God. That's a great way of putting that. As the scholar writes it, saying that we're caught up into a communion created by God. To be in partnership with someone means that, that we are together with them sharing in that, that, that we see what they have to do is important and we're willing to sacrifice for it. This morning as I was getting ready to come in here, I received The text message that comes faithfully every Sunday morning from Pastor Derek Smith of the Living Hope Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. Derek has spoken here on uh, one of our renewal conference nights and he's a brother in Christ and he's a faithful prayer warrior who every Sunday morning prays for a group of pastors and sends us a text message of encouragement. And this morning he had a quote in his text message from Martin Luther that basically said a religion that doesn't cost you anything doesn't mean anything. It costs us something to be in partnership. It's gonna cost you of your time. You, you may have to reorient your schedule to be here. You may have to, to reorient what you thought your plans for the year were going to be so that you could go and, and be on the field with him. It, it costs you something to go to the store and buy one of these gifts and bring it back. I mean, it costs us something to do these things, but that's what a partnership is. It's sharing in the work. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse nine, Paul uses this term. He says, we're co-laborers with Christ. See, Christ has given us the mission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that he commanded us. But it's not our work to do. We're co-laborers with Christ, and we join other believers along the way to partner with them in the gospel. Aren't you glad today that the burden of the Great Commission isn't yours? It's not mine. It's ours it's ours. It was interesting this week as I listened to the two folks who shared their story with me about coming to Christ. It wasn't one person that sat down and started reaching them with the gospel and just witnessing to them over and over again. It was multiple avenues that God was using It was Bible studies, it was men's events, it was women's Bible studies, it was friendships with people, it was reading the Bible and being encouraged to do that by other people, and God moved in that way. You see, it's one of those things, it's not my burden, it's not your burden, it's ours together, we share in it. And we share in this Great Commission commandment with our partners around the world. It's not their burden. It's not their burden to go reach the nations, it's our burden together. And so as we share in that, God does great things. And so Paul says to them, thank you for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. They've been faithful to it. From the time he had met them until the present day, they had been faithful. And I pray that God would find us faithful as a church, that if he were to come back today, he would say, I have found a faithful group of believers who care about what I care about, that are on mission with what I care about and want to see people saved. That would be the greatest honor that we could have, that he would find us working in the fields, co-laboring with Christ, co-laboring with our mission partners. That's the basis, the gospel. But I want you to see something else. The partnership is mutual, it's shared. Look at verse six and seven. Paul writes, maybe this is one of the more familiar verses out of the, the book of Philippians, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it's right for me to think this way about you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and defense and confirmation of the gospel. Do you see how this encouragement works? It's awesome, isn't it? What a great verse of scripture. He who began a good work of you will be in work, and you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ, Jesus. I wonder if Paul was thinking about this church, and maybe they were discouraged because he was in prison. Maybe they were discouraged because uh, it was lean times, maybe they were discouraged because uh, it, it was a difficult season of persecution for that church, and Paul says, "I know that God started something in your life, and God's going to be faithful." to complete it. And he says, not only will he be faithful to complete it, but he's going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's talking about the Lord's return. Now I want to remind you of something, our salvation that we hold so dear to us. And and we think about so much right now, uh, we're, we're just getting the first fruits of it, right? We're getting the down payment of it right now. So much of our salvation awaits us. It's going to be an eternity, this is, just the, this is just the starting points. This is the appetizer, folks. The, the good stuff is yet to come, right? Uh, we, we often think that God saved us now and praise the Lord for it, but we forget that what God has saved us for continues after we die. And, and that day of Christ Jesus at his return, the Bible says that he will come like a thief in the night. He will part the eastern sky. The dead in Christ will rise first and the rest of us who are still living will be called up together with him. And we'll spend eternity with Christ. And Paul says, I'm confident about you that what God started in your life, he's going to finish in your life. This wasn't a one-way street. I remember being in school and one of the most dreaded things that could happen was that the teacher would assign a group project. You know why it was dreaded? Because there was always some dead weight in your group project. You know what I mean? it just was. Maybe, I mean, let's be honest, maybe you were the dead weight, you know? I mean, as you look back on it, you're like, yep, that was me. I was always paying somebody else to do my stuff. But, I mean, but, but you know what I mean? That, that project would happen and, and you try to assign out little things and, and you would act like you were in partnership together. But I mean, most of the time you wanted the good grade and everybody knew that you were going to be that person maybe, or there was somebody in the group who was going to overachieve because they were more concerned about their grade, Right than the dead weight. And, and so what happens is it, it wasn't really fair. It wasn't really one of those things where what you saw were people working together towards a common goal. Um, I mean, there's just a the thing. I mean, I, I, well, that's a story for another day. I, I'm a, well, I'll, t- I'll tell it to you. It's just kind of, you know, these things, I wasn't planning on saying this. This pops across your head. I literally in college had a friend in a group project who told us that he couldn't do the work because his girlfriend had passed away, Right? he was lying. He didn't have a girlfriend. We didn't know it. We felt all bad for him. We did his project. True story. Did his project for him. And as I recall, as, as, as my memory serves me correct, when it kind of came to light, the professor kicked him out of the class because he lied about him. It's crazy. There's always dead weight in your project. You know what I'm talking about? Some guy who's going to tell you his girlfriend died, so he can't do his work and you got to do it for him or something. That was pretty elaborate. But when you think about it, Remember what we said a partnership is supposed to do? A partnership is to take the best of what you have and the best of what I have and we multiply that together and the sum of the parts are greater than what it is on its own. And a partnership goes two ways. The best partners look to give back to the other partner. They're always looking to find out how they can support the other partner. And I'm so grateful that our mission partners aren't just saying, hey, where's my check? That's not a partnership. Right? That's not what it is. And I challenge you to come and, and, and meet our partners on that Friday night and, and hear what's going on because it's not just that we're doing something for them, but we're getting something out of it. And, and did you notice what Paul said? This church had been partnering with him. You, you may have just missed this. Think about this for a second. If you go back and let me just read verse 7 again, it says, it's right for me to think of you this way because I have you in my heart. There's that close association again. But then he says, you are partners with me in the grace and in the imprisonment and defense and confirmation of the gospel. You know, for the early church, this meant something. This means something when you go to the persecuted church around the world. This means something when we pray for our brothers and sisters that we know in Ukraine right now. It means something because there are people all around the world, and, and we may be supporting them with our prayers. We may be supporting them financially. We may be supporting them with encouragement. And I often think about just how lonely it can be to be out on an outpost somewhere all by yourself maybe not even in prison, but Paul says that they had a share in what was going on, that they were partners with him in prison. They they weren't serving the prison sentence with him. They weren't there with him like that, but they, they were serving with him as they supported him and encouraged him. And for us as believers, I hope you understand what happens here. Your time and your interest and your energy given to someone might make the difference about whether or not they succeed or whether or not they fail because we're not called to stand on our own. This isn't my mission. It's not my ministry. I don't ever think that about Judson Baptist Church. I never think this is my ministry. If you think it's my ministry, we have a problem. This is ours, isn't it? You have responsibility for this. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's it's our responsibility. You do what you do. I do what I do. The sum of those parts multiplied together are great, right? I mean, it becomes an awesome thing when that happens. It's ours together. And Paul says, you had this grace that we partnered in. When we partner in the grace, that's the sharing of the gospel. You partnered with me when I was in prison. You're partnering with me in my defense And he says in the confirmation of the gospel that the gospel is true. I want you to think about that and I want you to think about it in terms of our partners. And I want you to think about that person today who might come into this Global Impact Celebration. Sometimes our partners come in. You remember we talk about the wheel of life often here that sometimes you're riding high on it and sometimes it's rolling over you, right? That's how it works for all of us. No doubt somebody's gonna come in here and the wheel of life will have just rolled over them. They're gonna come in, and, and, and you know, some of the signs that we've been in, in kind of one of those seasons of life might be that you're limping a little bit, right? I mean, that would be the outward sign. I had a car wreck, I'm limping or whatever. But some of those signs are a little bit buried, right? Some of the, the signs, we, we, we don't necessarily see them. And you have no idea what just 5, 10, 15 minutes with a person and saying, I'm interested in you, I want to know you. This week, we're gonna send you the Global Focus book. You'll get it. It'll have in there pictures and descriptions of our level two partners that will be coming in. And I want to challenge this church. When you receive that book, don't just look at it and set it aside. Study their faces, study their pictures, study their names. When they walk in the door, walk up and say, hi, Amber, we're glad you're here. What? How do you know my name? I've been praying for you really? Hey, Jason, we're so glad that you can make it. How are things going in LA? Wow. That's an incredible thing to say that you're important. And the, the, the reason that we're all here tonight is going to be for you. I mean, that, that's an incredible thing. And I'm going to tell you something, that partnership will go both ways. Paul had had experienced things and been through things where God had grown him and and ministered to him. And now he's ministering back to this group going, hey, you may be feeling like you're tired. You may be feeling like you don't have any confidence in what God's doing, but I'm telling you, God's doing a work in you. I've seen it. I hold you in high regard. You ever met somebody and they were talking to you and they came up to you and said, man, you've just been doing a really good job lately. And you thought, I have. Doesn't feel like it. I feel like I'm, Beat to pieces around here. I feel like uh, I'm barely getting by. Wow. Oh, well, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Our partners need that and you need it. And it's going to happen as you hear their stories and you're encouraged by what God has been doing in their lives. You're going to see that there's a shared partnership that takes place. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to do what we ask you to do every global focus. Give. You're going to hear more about this next week. Next week, we're going to unveil. I'm about to cough. I'm sorry. No? no. Yep, sorry. Next week, we're gonna reveal to you what our one-day offering is going to look like and some exciting things that have to do with that. There's some more pieces of that. I want you to be praying about what you're going to sacrificially give to the one-day offering. I want you to begin praying now what you're sacrificially going to give to the mission offering that we take up through the year. I want you to be engaged in our night of giving to our partners. And and here's the thing, if they run out of cards, which is a, a great possibility today, here's what I encourage you to do. You say, I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do if, if it ran out of cards. It's really simple. Go to your bank and get you a couple of real clean, crisp $100 bills and stick them in your pocket. And on the night of giving, you have them just in some envelopes that just says something like, I'm praying for you, use this for however God will deem it fit, you know? And, and God will lay on your heart somebody, I believe, that night that needs it. If, so if we've run out of cards, don't think, well, my, I don't have to do anything. No, 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 if we've run out of cards, you come prepared to give something. And remember what we talked about in our one-day offering, we don't have a goal this year except for participation, partnership. Same word, 100% participation. All of us can give something. Everybody can get, you say, well, I don't have a lot to give. You can give a dollar. You can give something. Let's make sure that our partners know they're supported. So we're going to give, we're going to ask you to engage. We want you to engage with our partners the entire weekend they're here. Show up for our senior adult luncheon. show up for our our meet the partners night. Show up on Sunday. Mark it off and make it a serious point of your life to be here. And then we're asking you to go. And this is important. For a couple of years, we have known that we could not travel. Travel restrictions have been tough, it's been hard to know where you could go and couldn't go, and they change all the time. But here's the thing, what we're seeing is that the world is opening back up, and they're becoming more predictable in whatever the restrictions are. So we should be able to tell you this year, hey, if you're going to this uh, country, these are the things that will be required. Can you do it? And you say, well, I don't know if I can do that country. Well, could you go over here and go locally? Could you go uh, over to Los Angeles? Could you go uh, over to Knoxville? Could you go down to Jackson, Mississippi? Could you go uh, to Jonestown, Mississippi? I mean, there's some places that you can go. But, guys, for us, it is time for us to become the church that we said we've always been. We're a missions church. We're named for a missionary. It's in our DNA. And I'm so grateful that that's who you want to be. It encourages me to see the way that you respond to this. And, and I know that sometimes you may think, oh, like, I mean, I feel like that we've got the partnership down, the thing down pretty good. And I know I feel like that too. And yet every year I'm reminded, just like I was last Sunday night, of things that were missing, things that we're not doing, things we could do better, because this counts for eternity, folks. This week, as I was meeting with those two people who had come to know Christ, they came to know Christ because they lived in a country where the gospel was readily available, They came to know Christ because they could come to a church like this where the gospel is hopefully preached week after week after week, not only in here, but in our life group classes. They they came to online Bible studies. They came to events that had had happened all throughout the pandemic and and they were able to hear the word. We, We wanna make sure that that happens all around the world, not just here, but everywhere. I believe that it is a fundamental call of the church that everyone should hear the gospel. No one should die without that privilege. And that's not theirs to do. It's not mine to do. It's not yours to do. Say it with me. It's ours to do. Give, engage, and go. Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. When I was a teenager, there was a song that came out and I still don't exactly know what it means. We sang it a lot. You ever do that? You ever sing a song and then you look back on it and you go, what did that even mean? But it said it like this. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. There's a big, big table with lots and lots of food. It's my father's house. The house has plenty of room. Jesus is working and preparing a place for us right now. Let's go and compel them. Let's be in partnership. Let's support our missionaries like we never have before. Let's blow their socks off. I hope that the returning mission partners are stunned at what you guys show up with in terms of your engagement with them and your giving towards them so that they are blown away. I'm gonna ask you if you would to bow your heads and pray with me. Would you just right now go before the Lord and start praying about what you're going to be giving this year. What will you give to the one day offering? What's God saying to you? Would you pray about your engagement? You be so bold as to pray about going. Somebody in here may need to sign their name to say yes before the question's even asked of where. Just to say, I'll go where you lead. Father, we believe that you have given us evidence this week that you are mighty to save. We've seen two come to know you over these last seasons of their lives and we praise you for it. Lord, we thank you that you are drawing all men, women, boys and girls to yourself. And our prayer, Father, is that you would make this church great partners with the ministries that you've brought across our table. Father, we believe there's plenty of room for everyone in your house. And we pray, Father, that as Jesus is working and preparing the place, that He'll have to work a little harder today. Father, we pray that He'll have to, to make some more room because of the partnerships. We pray that You would go before us in this season. Father, that You would give through this church so that our partners would be supported, that we would engage with them. And Father, I pray for all of us, myself included, Lord, that our yes would be already signed before the questions asked, that we're going to go. Father, now as we declare this truth that you are mighty to save, would you reinforce it in our hearts? And God, just do a work over these next few weeks at Judson and around the world because of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.